So Ben and Jerry, the ice cream makers, were the ice cream makers. Ben and Jerry, completely stumped by a reporter who exposed their extreme bias against Israel. We will give you all the details coming up, and maybe stick. Let me say this to Ben and Jerry: maybe stick to making ice cream and let the ha- let the politicians handle the po- the politics. We, we don't really care what the ice cream makers think about politics. Now I'll grant you the politicians are not much better at politics than the ice cream guys. All right, that's coming up. Congressman Adam Schiff, our old friend, he says that the reason the Mueller probe was such a debacle is because of Mueller. It's because Mueller was incompetent. Adam Schiff, yeah, the man who never met a TV camera that he did not like, it had nothing to do with the fact that the whole investigation was a hoax from the start and that there was no evidence and there was no collusion. I mean, it was because of Mueller. Let's blame Mueller. It's Mueller's fault. Mueller was incompetent. I mean, yes, by the way, I agree with Schiff that Mueller, when he testified, that was the first time we really heard publicly from him. He was under pressure from Schiff and Democrats to testify, and that was a disaster. But it had it had nothing to do with Mueller, the, the fact that the investigation. I mean, by the way, at least Adam Schiff is essentially conceding that the whole investigation was a failure and a sham. I mean, this is as close as we'll ever get to a concession from Adam Schiff. By the way, Congressman Schiff, we're still waiting. He kept promising us. He assured us many, many times uh, during interviews on television that there's direct evidence of Trump-Russia collusion, and it will eventually surface. Well, we're still waiting. Joe Bi- That's coming up. Joe Biden is giving funds to the Taliban. President Biden, it seems, is actually paying off the Taliban and getting nothing in return. And by the way, once again, the media not getting this story right because, yes, we're giving money to the Taliban, which is outrageous, but it's not, well, we're giving money to Taliban and getting nothing in return. That's not the narrative implying if we got something back, if we got some kind of concession from the Taliban, we're giving money to terrorists. You do not give money to terrorists, period, whether they're giving you something back or not. All right, that's coming up. Kamala Harris. Unbelievable. Kamala Harris. You cannot make this stuff up. Vice President Kamala Harris made a video speaking with a bunch of kids, a bunch of teenagers and children about space exploration. They put out this video, this cute video about space exploration. And it turns out the video was a fraud, just like everything else with Kamala Harris. The video was staged. It was a fake. It was a fake. They made this look as though it was like a genuine conversation, like a natural conversation happening between Kamala and a bunch of kids discussing travel to space and space exploration. But it turns out that the children who were in this video, they were actors. They were paid actors. They were professional actors who had done other roles. They, they auditioned for the part. The video was scripted, literally a hoax. It was literally a fake. Kamala Harris has no core whatsoever. There is nothing about Kamala Harris that is real. Everything is all about Kamala and about advancing her agenda and advancing her career. By the way, that's why they ask her about why she never visited the border, and she chuckles. She laughs. She laughs it off. She has no core. You know, there was a student who asks her about Israeli genocide, about Israel committing ethnic genocide. She praises the student and says that the student has a right to be heard. The student's truth has a right to be heard. I mean, so Kamala cares about one thing. She cares about... Kamala. And, uh, you know, and that's why she flip she's flip flopped all over the place. I mean, she's a phony. And this this video is like the perfect metaphor for that. All right. So let me mention that the show, we're extremely excited to be hosted on the Vin News podcast network. Uh, Our email address, please get in touch. Josh at Josh M show dot com. J-O-S-H Josh at Josh M show dot com. Send us an email about anything on your mind. And follow us on Twitter, at The Josh M. Show. Follow us on Twitter, at The Josh M. Show. All right, so yet another story the media is ignoring. Positive story about Trump. The Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. 
Remember, there was a lot of controversy about the Trump Hotel because a lot of foreign diplomats stayed in the Trump Hotel, and they said they accused Trump of profiting off of his position. Well, it lost $70 million during Trump's term. In between those four years, the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. lost $70 million. And uh, the media is never going to tell you this. Many government officials stayed there, foreign diplomats stayed there, so they accused Trump of profiting. And uh, it lost $70 million. They tell you about the accusations, the media, but they never retract when the truth comes out. Literally, Trump lost millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, it looks like, because he, he left his business to be, to be president and he took his family with him. By the way, remember, every year Trump donated his entire salary as president to charity, and yet that never gets any media attention. $400,000 a year that Trump donated to charity, well, but he's, he has a lot of money. He's wealthy. So it doesn't count. Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, a lot of these politicians are wealthy. You don't hear about them giving a lot of charity. All right, a listener pointed out, you know, that best case scenario, best case scenario, right, Joe Biden, it's all excuses, meaning Joe Biden on the border, no Democrat is saying, oh, you're wrong, the border is doing great. Or nobody's saying, saying, you know what, inflation is not out of control, the Afghanistan situation. Like, what are they saying? They're saying it's Trump's fault, it's Trump's fault, or coming up with some other kind of lame excuse. See, with Trump, Trump's policies, until COVID hit and everything changed, Trump's policies were extremely successful, and all they had was excuses the other way. The Democrats, they, they said it was Obama, the Obama economy, which was absurd, and they gave all sorts of reasons why, even though we saw with our own eyes how successful Trump was, well, no, he's really not. He's really a failure. He puts out nasty tweets, so he must not know how to, how to secure the border and how to, how to fight Iran and how to do you know, all sorts of other things. And, and, and it was like, well, yeah, Trump's doing this, yeah, Trump's doing that, but... It's not, it's not Trump's fault, like, in a good way. Like, don't, don't credit Trump. And with Biden, it's, like, the opposite. Like, with Biden, it, it's, like, no matter what the man does, like, the only thing they—I mean, that's why. It's, like, they've got excuses for Biden and January 6th. And, like, their narrative is completely crumbling right now. All right, let's get to Ben and Jerry. They were humiliated by this reporter over their hypocrisy. Ben and Jerry, their policies are anti-Semitic. Because they're part of the BDS movement. They're boycotting Israeli settlements. <clears throat> Chuck Schumer himself said that uh, the BDS movement is uh, anti-Semitic. I don't, I don't care that they happen to be Jewish. Now, this was reporter uh, Alexi McCammond. Reporter Alexi McCammond basically grilled Ben and Jerry. She didn't even need to grill them because she asked them a basic question. They were totally stumped. They clearly have never thought about this before. They clearly don't have a handle on politics. They just have their radical agenda, and they just want to make this vicious, viciously anti-Semitic statement, and they don't actually think through their own position on this and, whether, and, and their complete inconsistency and hypocrisy. This was on a show called Axios on HBO. She works for Axios. And like I said about Ben and Jerry, nobody cares. Nobody cares about your opinion about politics. Go back to making ice cream and do me a favor. This interview shows what we have long been saying, which is Ben and Jerry, they don't have a clue. They do not have a clue. Ben and Jerry don't call me to ask me for ice cream recipes. I don't want to hear what they think about the Middle East. So, well, what do you think about the Biden infrastructure plan? Well, Let's ask Ben and Jerry. <clears throat> I wonder what Ben and Jerry think. You know, what should we do about the debt ceiling? Should we raise the debt ceiling? You know what? <clears> that these two guys in Vermont who they make really good ice cream. I don't even know if it's good. They make really good ice cream. I mean, like, you know, like let's call Geico. Let's let's find out what the what the what, what the CEO of Geico thinks about whether we should raise the debt ceiling. I mean, it's it's absurd. So here's what they they were asked the following by this Alexi McCammond. You you refuse to t- to sell ice cream. In, in the what they call the occupied Palestinian territory, that's what they call it, 
Yet why do you sell ice cream in Texas? Why do you sell ice cream in Florida in states where you don't agree with their political beliefs? If you're going to start not selling ice cream, by the way, Unilever, the parent company of Ben & Jerry, I mean, they really are suffering as a result of this policy. They, they weren't involved. Ben & Jerry made it on their own. But um, here's the question. is it, it, You disagree with Texas on abortion rights. You disagree. You have these strong opposition. You know, Georgia, you disagree with Georgia with voting rights issues over there with bills that they passed. So why are you okay boycotting Israel? And we know the answer, by the way. The answer is because they're not really selling a lot of ice cream in the occupied territories, but they're selling a ton of ice cream in the U.S. That's the real answer is it's purely for selfish motivation, and they're just and they're just hypocrites. So that's what she asked Ben and Jerry. She said, how come you're selling ice cream in Georgia and Texas? Here's the quote. You guys are big proponents of voting rights. You still sell ice cream in Georgia. Texas has abortion bans. Why are you still selling there? And they were stumped. After a six-second pause, a frazzled... Uh, uh, Cohen, of the, Cohen is uh, Ben's, Ben's last name, a frazzled Ben Cohen said, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I don't know what that would accomplish. We're working on those issues, voting rights. I don't know. You know, I mean, I think you ask a really good question, and I think I'd have to sit down and think about it for a bit, end quote. Well, you ask, in other words, I'm stumped. You asked, she didn't ask a really good question, by the way. She asked you a really basic question, and, uh, and it's very simple. There is no answer because she totally exposed your hypocrisy, your double standard, because you're just anti-Israel, and you don't really stand for your policies, and you're not consistent, and you're not saying, well, you know what? I, I, I'm going to stand on principle, and I refuse to sell ice cream to any government that I disagree with. You're saying, well, if it's going to cut into my profits big time, then I'm, not gonna sell, then I'm certainly going to still sell ice cream. It's only when it's convenient for me because it's in the middle of in the middle of nowhere in the Middle East. So, something along those lines. But like, I don't know what it would accomplish. He says, "Well, what 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 does it accomplish? What you're doing with Israel? I mean, you're trying to make some kind of silly political statement." Um, she went further, Alexi. She didn't stop there. She said that um, every woman who lives in Texas had her abortion rights removed, and she pressed them on why you why they're not boycotting Texas. And and uh, Cohn said, "Quote by that reasoning." We should not sell any ice cream anywhere. I've got issues with what's being done in almost every state and country. I mean, good good answer. Like, hello, that's exactly the point. He says, well, according to your logic, we shouldn't sell ice cream anywhere because we disagree with all of these governments. Yeah, that's exactly her point. That is exactly her point. Why are you singling out Israel? Why are you singling out Israel? It's, it's so obvious. And yet they just they just don't get They clearly were totally stumped, totally blindsided. They never thought about it before. Then Greenfield tried to rationalize the disconnect. Quote, one thing different is that Israel, what Israel is doing is considered illegal by international law, so I think that's a consideration. I, I mean, what's he talking about? When he when pressed on the matter, Cohn said it would be unreasonable to stop selling ice cream in any state or country with which they disagree. Uh, it's just unbelievable. So, uh, and, and by the way, the answer is simple. The answer is they're part of the BDS movement. They really do not care about principles. They really don't care about anything. And uh, all they care about is making, you know, attacking Israel. And, and, and by the way, this nonsense about internet, what do you mean international law? Well, what is international law? No, no, as though there's some kind of like international government. Israel's not breaking international law. Yeah, the UN issues these resolutions. I mean, uh, that, that, that's bogus. The inter, there's no, there, the, Israel is not bound by the fact that some, somebody in Europe or somebody in Asia who hates Israel and who's an anti-Semite made up some phony law and, and called, labels them occupiers. You know, and and uh, by the way, many companies are forced to own up to the fact that they're total hypocrites because they support these governments that do horrible things. Remember, Nike was asked uh, about they make billions off of China, and yet China is guilty of the most horrifying 
uh, horrifying human rights abuses imaginable. And the NBA, Nike doesn't speak out against that. NBA puts profits before their ideology when it comes to China and other countries. Because, again, these companies are all about profit. I don't know that I'm against companies being all about profit. It's just when they go, when they, you know, when they stand there you know, on their pedestal and, and, like, get up there and say, like, hey, we're above this. You know, we care about politics. We care about human rights abuses. And they go and they lecture all of us about how immoral we are, and then they're the ones who are total hypocrites because they're making billions and do- billions of dollars off of these countries that are guilty of the most unimaginable, unthinkable human, human rights abuses. All right, the Supreme Court, this is really interesting. The Supreme Court has thrown out a lawsuit against Trump's border wall. This was a lawsuit brought by Democrats. So the Supreme Court, in a sense, upheld Trump's right to build a border wall using emergency military funding. The problem is Listen to this. It was actually Biden is the one, President Biden is the one who actually asked the Supreme Court to throw out the lawsuit, and Biden won. So Biden defended the border wall. This is not, how does that make any sense, right? And by the way, again, as usual, the media burying this story. This is an important story because, because it shows you um, how dangerous the Democrats are, and Biden didn't speak up. Let me just explain. But Biden defended Trump. Now, it's a moot point in the sense that for right now, Biden has canceled all the border wall projects, so you need to wait for President Trump to get back in office, or maybe some other Republican, in order to actually build the wall, go back, you know, resume the building of the wall. But what's interesting is that Biden defended Trump's right to build the wall against the Democrats, and he won. So let me explain what's really happening over here: is that the Democrats, their claim in this lawsuit was really, really outrageous. It had very dangerous repercussions because Trump used emergency funding, an emergency declaration, to divert military funds to building the border wall. Because that was his only choice, because he had no help from Congress, and he was fulfilling the will of the American people. And uh, the Democrats claimed that Trump was overstepping his bounds, that it has to come from Congress. Funding can only come from Congress. Biden was worried that it was a big threat to the executive power, a big threat. If the president doesn't have a right to declare an emergency and divert military funds, then you're really severely weakening the, the right of the president. So Biden defended this. He was worried about the president. He was worried about the president that it would set. Now, I don't remember Biden. Look, look at his hypocrisy. I don't remember Biden defending Trump's right to build the wall as a candidate. Here he's, he, he's defending, he, when, when, when the Democrats brought this lawsuit against Trump, right, and uh, claimed that Trump has no right to use emergency funding, I don't remember Biden getting up and saying, you know what, this is very dangerous, this could be a bad precedent, this could really hurt the executive branch. But now, now that he's the president, and, and, and the Democrats, they filed this lawsuit, now that he's the president, now he suddenly is defending against this lawsuit because he realizes how extreme it is, how, and, and this lawsuit could be a disaster if the Democrats won. So it shows, it shows you Biden, he knew this, he knew this, and yet it shows you that the Democrats will, will literally go to any extreme and any measure to prevent the border wall, even at the expense of, of, of harming the doing severe damage to the Constitution, to the executive branch of the government. All right, the New York Post wrote an editorial about how the Hunter Biden story was completely, completely censored. Here we are a year later from the Hunter Biden story that they broke, and it was totally censored on Twitter and on Facebook. They interfered with the election, and there was no excuse because it's now confirmed to be true. They told us it was Russian disinformation. And it turns out that, that, that the story is confirmed, the Hunter Biden story. And it's never been denied by Joe Biden, believe it or not. So let me, uh, let me read you some excerpts here, a very powerful editorial from the New York Post. Quote, they had no decent justification for their partisan censorship. Neither Biden has ever disputed one sentence of the Post reporting. Not our scoop that, at his son's request, Joe Biden met with Vadim Pozarsky, an advisor to Ukrainian energy firm Burisma, which hired Hunter as well as a paid a well as a well-paid board member, despite his lack of experience in energy and Eastern Europe. Nor Hunter's laptop email suggesting that Joe Biden would benefit from a deal. 
with a state-connected Chinese firm. The share breakdown included 10 held by H for the big guy, which Hunter ex-partner Tony Bobolinsky confirmed meant Joe Biden. He was the big guy. Bobolinsky went public because countless big media organizations dismissed the Post reporting as Russian disinformation. Bobolinsky knew that was not true, and he authenticated the emails publicly. But that was just the second excuse that they tried. The first one Twitter used to justify blocking users from sharing the story, as well as locking the New York Post account for weeks. The claim that they used hacked materials. Our reporting explained how it all came from a laptop Hunter plainly forgot at a repair shop whose owner thus gained full rights to the abandoned computer files and all. Nor did either Biden accuse the Post of hacking. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey admitted at a congressional hearing that censoring the story was a total mistake. Those are Jack Dorsey's words, total mistake. Well, that mistake interfered with the election and very likely changed the outcome of the election. Back to the Post, the Post-accurate reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop scandal was largely ignored by the media, but he did not make that admission until March, months after the election, talking about Dorsey. Data show in the days following the, the, the October report last year, 2020, searches for how to change an early vote spiked. Even though social media tried to bury the story, um, some readers got the goods. The Post Miranda Divine had, has detailed many other shocking stories from the laptop, which with text suggesting Joe paid for Hunter's drug-fueled stay in Los Angeles that had the Secret Service concerned. And still the Bidens do not deny a thing, while other media sit silent. Big tech never suffered from its censorship and continues to censor. The continued blackout suppresses discussion of vital questions, such as has Hunter's influence peddling affected not just Joe's work as vice president, but his presidency. Why is the president so reluctant to investigate the origins of COVID? Hunter still has not, as promised, sold his stake in the Beijing-connected firm, end quote. By the way, I'll just add, Hunter Biden is selling Lots of artwork for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's selling artwork. Yes, Hunter Biden, who's not an artist, but don't worry. He's not an energy expert. He sits on the board of a top energy company. He's not an investment expert. He got like millions from China or maybe even a billion to invest. I mean, and, and so they're just bribing him to get to the president. And he's literally an artist getting an artist. I mean, it's a joke, but he's selling art for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and they claim that they're keeping the, the, the identity of the buyers hidden, but they're not. They're playing. There are pictures of Hunter with these people who are buying his, buying his art. All right, so the Biden administration held talks with the Taliban, and not only was this a total waste of time, but we're sending them a lot of money. The Taliban has announced that we're sending them a lot of money, and the Biden administration is not denying it, so we're sponsoring terrorism. And by the way, U.S. officials called the talks with the Taliban candid and professional. They're calling it candid and professional. So what is that? That is just silly Washington gibberish for these talks were a waste of time and these talks went nowhere and we're basically encouraging these terrorists to run wild. I mean, candid and professional. That's the best they could do. Worthless. And, and more, more than worthless, I would take worthless. I would actually take worthless. It, it's worse than worthless because, because we're, literally, we're literally supporting this, the, 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 this terrorist government that was behind 9-11. It, it's, just, it's just so nauseating. And uh, according to one outlet, the CIA took the lead on these talks because the primary focus um, was supposed to be finding ways to prevent radical terrorism from rebuilding a base, you know, from basically having a resurgence. But that was scrubbed. That, that idea was scrubbed because the Taliban announced before the talks, we reported you about this, that the Taliban announced, no, we're not cooperating with the United States to combat ISIS. And by the way, the Taliban says, don't worry, we'll handle it ourselves. Yeah, they're going to handle it themselves. Other than that, not many details of the meeting were released. Biden didn't, didn't release too much information, of course. Why would they? It just makes them look com- like complete incompetent buffoons. Uh, but according to the Taliban, the U.S. agreed to send more robust humanitarian aid to the country. According to the AP, the U.S. agreed to provide humanitarian aid to Afghanistan. Humanitarian aid, I love it. I love it. You know, because they're, 
in the midst of an economic crisis. I mean, that money is going to go straight to the pockets of the Taliban and get funneled through to ISIS and al-Qaeda, as, as we know, and, and be used to support that, that horrible, radical government. Uh, and yet, by the way, the Taliban does say that the U.S. refused to politically recognize the Taliban as the government of Afghanistan. Wonderful. I guess that's supposed to be comforting to us. So these were the first direct talks. They were held in Qatar. And uh, as I said, uh, you know, the State Department has not denied that they're actually going to be giving more money, boosting the humanitarian aid to the Taliban. Now, here's the question. The other big topic was, what about evacuations of Americans and Afghans? There are, Afghans. There are still Americans who are trapped in, in Afghanistan, and there were Afghanis, many Afghanis, thousands, who knows how many, tens of thousands, who, who assisted the U.S. military, the U.S. government, and yet they're still stranded there, and they're, they're literally being hunted down by the Taliban. So State Department spokesman Ned Price, he, had, he made a brief statement. He said that the delegation focused on security and terrorism concerns and safe passage for U.S. citizens, other foreign nationals, and our Afghan partners. But he didn't really say if there was any outcome. I could tell you I'm sure there was no outcome. The Taliban, they said uh, that they would facilitate principled movement of foreign nationals. This is the Taliban's announcement. We will facilitate principled movement of foreign nationals. So let me read you an op-ed here. Quote, that's a far cry from what Price said, since there was no mention of our Afghan partners. In other words, the Taliban, they only said foreign nationals, but they didn't talk about Afghanis. Also, as in so many of the statements we get from the Taliban's political office, principled movement could mean almost anything. They didn't say they would let them evacuate. They would say, they said, we facilitate principled movement of foreign nationals. What's that supposed to mean? It's almost like the Taliban, they're like learning from Washington, D.C., how you can like put out these gibberish words that don't mean anything. So back to this op-ed, it sounds like the Taliban got what they wanted, which was more cash and food relief. What did we get in return? Well, it wasn't entirely nothing. The Taliban ad admitted that the relief they will be receiving is not tied to any formal recognition of them as the legitimate government of Afghanistan. Wonderful. That's what we can walk away with our heads held high, literally supporting the Taliban. And, and all we have to show for it is, yeah, but well, we're giving them a lot of money and we're not cracking down and they're not letting Americans evacuate or at least not letting Afghanis evacuate. But... Uh, at least we didn't recognize them formally. Oh, wow, I'm sure that they're, they're really, really just crushed over that. All right, so Adam Schiff, he says the reason that the Mueller hoax was a failure was not because Trump was innocent, but because Bob Mueller was in decline. Adam Schiff is putting out a new book, of course, and uh, he says, yes, Mueller failed to deliver the goods, but not because there were no goods to deliver, because Mueller, the former FBI director, was in decline. And uh, Adam Schiff said that even though he pressured Bob Mueller to testify in Congress. And remember, that was just such a disaster. I mean, that was just the most humiliating thing that ever happened to the Democrats. And of course, the media totally minimized and downplayed it. But, but, but Schiff said he regretted. Once he saw Mueller's testimony, he regretted. Remember, we never heard from Mueller. Mueller never, never gave a single interview during the entire, the entire Mueller probe. I mean, Mueller, he was like in every headline. I mean, he was literally, literally, no exaggeration. He was on the cover of the New York Times and the Washington Post virtually every day for two miserable years. They were great years, except, except for that whole situation. And uh, so I don't want to call them miserable, but that, that, that aspect of it was pretty, pretty uh, unfortunate. But, um, and Mueller, we never heard a word. We never heard a peep out of Mueller. Then we found out why. I mean, the man was just a figurehead. All they wanted was his, was his name to put, to put a stamp of approval on just a complete sham, a complete hoax, a complete witch hunt. So that's why Schiff writes it, by the way, but it's exposed to be just a total debacle. And can I just say this? If you're going to blame, it's absurd. I mean, there was no evidence, there was no collusion. Uh, it was literally manufactured by Adam Schiff and by the Democrats because they needed something. They had no dirt on Trump, they made it up. And, and, and it sort of blew up in their face, except that the media really, really never um, properly reported on how much, uh, you know, how, on just how fake and phony it was. 
But here's the thing. They're going to try to say, well, it was Mullah. Mullah was in decline. I mean, there were dozens. The entire DOJ was on this thing. There were dozens of lawyers and politicians. I mean, remember Rod Rosenstein? I mean, he gave so much support. Even though he worked for Trump, he gave so much support to the investigation. Dozens of lawyers. I'm not talking just lawyers. Remember Andrew Weissman, the pit bull? I mean, you're talking about these vicious anti-Trump lawyers, extremely um, experienced veteran lawyers, politicians, and uh, U.S. attorneys, they were all out to get Trump. I mean, there was like this massive, massive conspiracy. That's what it was, to get Trump. And they prosecuted plenty of Trump associates. They got indictments. They got convictions. Remember Paul Manafort? So like, like, clearly they were competent, okay? I'm not saying that they were good people. They were horrible people, but they were competent. They, they, they were able to get indictments and prosecutions, except where the entire narrative was totally made up. And so that was the issue. But the issue wasn't that they didn't have, they, they, look good, Mueller was a figurehead, Mueller was in decline, whatever. It doesn't matter. They, they had all the personnel they needed in order to be able to prosecute Trump if there had actually been a crime. So, I mean, we, this, this whole narrative by Schiff is totally bogus. Remember, the only one in Trump's really inner circle that got prosecuted was Michael Cohn, and uh, not, not for anything directly related to Trump, but his own personal um, crimes that he committed that he pled guilty to. And Paul Manafort, Paul Manafort crimes happened like 10 years before he ever met Trump, and it was all related to Ukraine. I, I mean, so they got the indictments, you know, and then, and then there was the whole Michael Flynn um, sham. But uh, it, 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 Trump was innocent. It had nothing to do with Mueller. Stop blaming Mueller. Okay, and that's going to do it for today. We will see you next time.